Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. So wonderful to see you return to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got a bizarre item to take a look at. This is maybe a nondescript envelope. If we take a look and open it up, we pull out... Ah, it's an invitation. But I see it is not addressed to yours truly, or you either. Should we, perchance, show up uninvited to this? Well, that really is at the heart of our episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new Shutter original. Who invited them? So Who Invited Them is the kickoff to the 61 Days of Halloween on Shudder. Of course, every Thursday, I believe, Shudder is premiering a new Shudder original horror film. Not to mention all the other tried-and-true uh, horror films that you get on Shudder, uh, some of the classics that we know and love. But uh, I have been really enamored with some of the latest Shudder original films. Uh, Glorious, I thought, was really good. What Josiah saw was excellent. Uh, the one we talked about on Monday, Watcher, was really good. So I thought, who invited them? I'm going to give this a shot because I've been pleasantly surprised with a lot of these, these movies from sometimes first-time feature-length directors, sometimes directors that have, have been doing it for a few movies, but this is really uh, a breakout movie. Uh, what Josiah Saw was one of those. And Who Invited Them is another first-time feature-length director, Duncan Birmingham. Uh, he's done a few things. He's done some shorts. Uh, he's done some work on television. He wrote some episodes for the Mark Maron show. But this is his feature-length directorial debut. And I liked the premise well enough because it was a very simple premise. Uh, this couple, Adam and Margot, played by Ryan Hansen and Melissa Tang, they have moved into a new home in the Hollywood Hills. Maybe a home that they probably... Uh, can just barely afford. There's a little tension between them. They're worried about, you know, did they take bite off more than they could chew with this house? But Adam insists they got it for a great price. And there's a reason why they got this home for a great price. And we'll talk about that here briefly. But they throw a housewarming party. And they invite, I mean, it's mostly his friends and his uh, work colleagues. Uh, Margot gets to invite a few of her friends, but she doesn't really want to be there uh, because because Adam, when he starts rubbing elbows with his friends, he gets a little a little douchey. And we find from, from little snippets from the people at the party that most of them don't want to be there. Because most of them don't really like Adam. It's not that Adam's a bad guy. He's just one of these guys that, uh, you know, he's he can be a little 
a little much sometimes, trying to impress people, trying to show people he's cool. He wants people to think he's cool. He's got his record collection that no one's allowed to touch but him, and he's he's always playing DJ. Uh, this movie really was kind of a commentary on hipster millennials. Uh, hipster millennials are to this generation, are to the 21st century, that yuppies were to people of the 80s. But they throw this party, Adam and Margot do, and they find that there's a couple there that each of them thinks the other invited them, but neither one of them recognized this couple. And it turns out once the party's over, everyone is left, the only people who are still there is this couple, Tom and Sasha, who introduce themselves as their rich neighbors. So the bulk of the movie is Adam and Margot essentially entertaining Tom and Sasha uh, with a nightcap. And then one drink turns into multiple drinks and the evening progresses to late into the night. And we find that Tom and Sasha, while they are... They seem benign enough at first. A little weird, but benign. They're just overly friendly, and they start getting involved and start pressing Adam and Margot's buttons. And the movie just kind of escalates. The, the more that they press, the more dark and sinister the intentions of Tom and Sasha seem to be. Now, I'm going to talk about these characters. I'm going to talk about the story, but I'm going to try and be as unspoilery as possible. And then we're going to kind of get into a spoilery section where I'm going to really break down kind of the twist at the end and how the ending kind of subverted my expectations to a degree and how they went in an interesting route. So Duncan Birmingham went in an interesting route with how this ended, which uh, I didn't think it was going to end this way. So we'll talk about that, but... Right off the bat, we're going to talk about these characters and kind of how the characters and the actors shaped the, the feel of this. And one of the things I really liked about Ryan Hansen as Adam, he really has kind of like a Will Arnett feel about him. And you really believe, because Will Arnett can really play sympathy, but he can also play smugness quite well. And I wouldn't call the Adam character smug, but a, he really had this vibe of, you know, if, if under the right conditions, under the right influence, if he was around the right people, he could he could be really douchey. He'd probably feel bad about it later, but he could be quite a quite a dickhead in that, hey, look at me, look at how successful I am, look at how important I am sort of way. And I think Ryan Hansen played this part very well because, you know, when he is uh, insisting that nobody touches vinyl because he's afraid of it getting scratched or he's making jokes with people that don't find him very funny, he does kind of come across as a bit douchey. But then when he's around Margot, you find out that, that he's not a bad guy. He's a, he's a nice hot guy. He's a good husband, uh, a caring husband. Now, that really gets put to the test under the manipulation of Tom and Sasha, but he is a really good guy. Same with Margot. Margot is, is a very sweet woman, uh, a good wife, a good mother. We find out that she used to, to be in a band. She used to play guitar and make music, but she kind of put all that behind her when she got with Adam, and she kind of left the the creative artistic side of her behind when she became a mother and started raising their young son, Dylan, who kind of has a, 
a, a, a tiny bit of a, a part in the story. It was a little confusing as to whether this kid had some sort of premonitions or in the Stephen King universe, maybe he had the shine. I, it played into it with these nightmares he had about his parents, but it really had no bearing other than to introduce another character back into the story for no real reason later on in the movie. And that I'll, I'll probably talk more about that in the spoilery section. Uh, it's really nothing that has any bearing on the, the main story. The two other main characters in this are the couple that show up at this party. Uh, Tom, played by uh, Timothy Granaderos, and Sasha, played by Perry Matfield. And these two played these parts so well because they just came off as... Uh, you know, Tom had this creepy vibe about him. Both of them came across as very manipulative in a, oh, oh, we don't mean any harm sort of way. And you could kind of see the sinister qualities of these two characters under the surface as they start encouraging Adam and Margot to do things that they normally wouldn't do and normally wouldn't question each other's motivations for things until Tom and Sasha kind of prod them into almost turning against each other. And we see this slow build of manipulation and needling from Tom and Sasha towards Adam and Margot, trying to pit these two against each other. And things keep escalating worse and worse. Now, this is a movie that... It goes far, but it doesn't go too far. I mean, they could have gotten a lot darker and they could have gone a lot more horrific in this, but they don't. They don't push that too far. And I think it speaks to the reveal of who Tom and Sasha really are towards the end that this is maybe not so much a malicious thing they're doing in a murdery way, but more of a malicious thing they're doing in a just playing games because they can sort of way. They're just seeing how far they can take things because for some reason it's fun for them. They get their kicks off of it. They get their rocks off on this. And then it all kind of builds. I mean, it's it's not a very long movie. It's only about 80 minutes, about an hour and 20 minutes. And things... Uh, well, they don't move fast. They don't move slow. Again, I think you're entranced in this as to what is the end game here? Who are Tom and Sasha? What do they want? What are they doing with Adam and Margot? Why are they needling them and manipulating them, trying to turn them against one another? To what ends are they are they doing these things? And you get kind of caught up in the mystery and the bizarreness of these two characters. Uh, I thought the acting was quite good from all four of these primary characters. Is it Oscar-winning performances? No. But I think it was believable enough. The characters were believable enough, likable enough when you needed to like them, sinister enough when you needed to feel that bit of sinister malevolence out of Tom and Sasha. And I, I enjoyed all the performances. I think there was enough of the who's who mystery that, that kept it uh, captivating. And when you got to the big reveal... Now, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, and I know I'm not the only one. I've, I know a lot of uh, people out there talking about this movie figured it out just like I did about, I don't know, maybe a half hour in. I was like, okay, I know who Tom and Sasha are. 
I, I don't know how this ends, but I know what the big reveal is going to be. So it, it's probably not going to be a huge surprise when it comes to the end, and we'll we'll talk about that in the more spoilery section. But but the ride getting there to the reveal is it was enjoyable. I didn't not like it, and it was one of those movies where when it was all said and done, I was like I. I don't know what I just watched, but I think I liked it. And I think you'll like it too. I mean, this isn't a horror in the traditional sense. I mean, this is probably a lot of people would consider this a thriller, a psychological thriller. It does play on a lot of psychological things. I don't know as if there's any real big themes to glean from this. Uh, I don't think Duncan Birmingham was trying to to make some sort of big uh, social or political or commentary of any type other than you should probably treat your significant other a lot better than you probably do. But I, I enjoyed this. I, I Like I said, I enjoyed the acting. I enjoyed the slow buildup and the uneasy, almost sometimes unnerving build of these four characters as things just start to escalate more and more. You, you felt this sense of... of of dread, but there's enough comedy and and it's not like slapsticky comedy or not a lot of like jokes and one-liners, but things are said and things are done in a certain way that make you kind of kind of laugh. So there's some tension breakers. There's enough uh, comedy in this. There are enough like little chuckle moments that make you think, okay, this isn't as sinister as I previously thought. And then it does get more sinister than you previously thought. And it just kind of is that uh, that roller coaster ride of, okay, these guys are bad guys. Okay, maybe they're just mis- misunderstood. No, they're bad guys. Oh, wait, well, probably misunderstood. Nope, I was right the first time. They're bad guys. It, it's that co- sort of a ride that is, is quite enjoyable and makes the hour and 20-minute runtime move by pretty good. I mean, it's it didn't feel like a schlog. It didn't feel like you were, you know, just trudging along trying to get through this movie. And, you know, it's an hour and 20 minutes. That's not that long for a movie. So is this the greatest movie ever? No. This is a movie that you can put on. Uh, if you know somebody that's not really into horror... Uh, like, my wife is not really into horror. I mean, there are some things she's watched. There are some things she's open to watching. But she's not big into horror. But this is the type of movie that I think she would... She could sit down. We could sit down together and watch this. And I think she would enjoy it. She might be like, what the hell is that? When it's all said and done. But I think at the end of the day, she would enjoy it. So if you know somebody... Uh, I heard somebody describe this as a good gateway movie. I think this is a good way to get somebody kind of acclimated into watching things that kind of lean into horror but aren't like full-fledged a horror film and while things don't go too far in this movie there is a little bit of blood towards the end and the climax you do get a little gore that way so if gore really get your blood uh, bumping and get your wiener all hard you're gonna have that but there's a lot more to this movie than that like i said it's very psychological uh very tension driven very much plays off unease and that unease of not being able to say no to people because uh, you're afraid of what they'll think about you. Uh, I, I think if there's a theme, that's kind of a direction that Duncan Birmingham was going with this as the screenwriter and the director. So if you haven't watched Who Invited Them, you don't need my invitation. Uh, just go ahead and watch it. 
and check it out if you have watched it. Hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. It's probably not a movie that everyone's going to enjoy. There are a lot of horror fans out there that I only like this particular brand of horror, and this might not be their cup of tea, but I think as a film, it was an enjoyable watch, and it's a movie you can sit down, watch. You don't have to think too much about it, and you can just enjoy it, and you're probably not going to watch it again, but I think you'll enjoy that you watched it the one time that you did. Now, we're going to go into some spoilery territory because I'm going to kind of talk about and break down the climax of this whole thing. So if you haven't watched it and you don't want anything spoiled, go watch Who Invited Them, then come back and we'll talk about the end. But uh, I'm warning you right now, uh, from henceforth, spoilers be on the horizon. So one thing, I, I figured this out right away, and I know I'm not the only one. I've talked to a lot of people that watch this movie and pretty much everybody figured out uh, there is a story that Adam tells at the beginning of this, why he got such a good deal on this house. The house had a couple people murdered in it, a husband and wife. His throat was slit and she was shot in the face, or was it he was shot in the face and her throat was slit. There were twins in the house. Uh, first, he thinks it's twin boys. Then he thinks it's twin girls. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where he's heard the story from people who have heard the story from people who have heard the story. That's sort of telephone game. So he never has all the facts or he's never sure he has all the facts quite right. But we hear later that the twins didn't report the murder of their parents, the murder-suicide or the double murder of their parents for a couple weeks then we hear that when they found the bodies, the bodies were defiled. And these are all things that Adam doesn't want Margot to know because he's afraid that she's going to be freaked out living in this house. Uh, her and their son Dylan are already kind of uh, uneasy about the whole move and, and living in this house. But right away, it, it's, it's quite obvious Tom and Sasha are the twins from the aforementioned family that the, the parents died in this house. When Adam tells the story, it's either always it's always identical twins. And Tom even says that when when people talk about twins, they always think of uh, identical twins, two boys or two girls, but uh, no one ever thinks about fraternal twins, one boy, one girl. And Adam was like, "But you're a couple." And then they're like, "No, we're not together. We just we were just there at your party together. We're not a couple." Uh, which was was kind of funny, but without going into how they end up in the house across the street, the couple that live there uh, is an old couple from from when Tom and Sasha were little kids in their house next door, and we find out that uh, Tom and Sasha would play this game with their parents where they would kind of needle them and manipulate them and pit them against each other, uh, much like they were doing with Adam and Margot. And they did it to the point where uh, the parents killed one another. The father's throat was slit and he shot the wife in the face uh, because apparently they were abusive parents to Sasha and Tom. And when... They were fighting each other. That meant they weren't wailing on them. And it's kind of sad when you think about it. And it almost makes you feel bad about, you know, the the situation they were in growing up. And, and it almost makes you feel a, a little bit of remorse for, for them. But then they go ahead and kill the next door neighbors uh, because they knew what was going on and 
didn't lift a finger to help Tom and Sasha when they were kids. And of course, while this is going on, uh, Margot stumbles across a bit in the closet. She moves some clothes aside and sees uh, like a growth chart where they marked on the wall how tall the kids that lived in the house before were. And the names beside them are Tom and Sasha. So the jig is up with her. She heads next door. And it's really interesting because I, I thought for sure somebody's going to die. They're going to do a very dark ending or maybe uh, one of them dies or Tom and Sasha end up dying somehow getting their comeuppance. But they have uh, this scene where they're going to let Adam and Margot go because as Tom says, uh, they're a good couple. They have their faults, but they're actually a good couple. And, you know, Tom suggests to Adam that he should take her away for a romantic weekend buy her flowers just because, keep being a good husband to her or implying that maybe they'll be back and maybe they'll do what they did to the older next door neighbors. And it was a really interesting ending because I thought somebody, one of these four major characters, if not more than one, is going to die. Uh, Tom and Sasha get off scot-free. Adam and Margot live to see another day. And that was something different. I didn't expect that. I thought, you know, this is going to end uh, with some sort of tragedy. And it, it ended with that moralistic twist where, hey, you know what? You better be good for goodness sake or we're going to come back. And they're kind of like the cross between Santa Claus and the Boogeyman where they're watching you. And you better stay on the nice list or you're going to be killed. Now, there was kind of this B story that just didn't make any any real sense. There are two people at the party, Teeny and Frank. Teeny played by Tipper Newton. Uh, she's been in a few things that I've seen over the years. Uh, she was in Curb Your Enthusiasm, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I remember her most from that TV series, Adam Ruins Everything, as she did one of the, or some of the characters in that. But her and her husband, Frank, are at the party. They leave. They have Dylan, Adam and Margot's son, staying with them and their kid. Uh, Dylan has a nightmare, pees his pants. He needs his monkey-stuffed animal. And she decides she's going to drive back to this house in the Hollywood Hills. And she gets lost. There's a thing about a dog that was hit on the side of the road that she goes to put out of its misery because she's got a rifle and doesn't. She ends up getting to Adam and Margot's house or their street at the very end. She gets stabbed by Tom, but not, I don't think, fatally. It's more in the left shoulder. Adam and Margot disappear. She gets out of the car and she sees a dark figure crossing the street and shoots. And here it's Adam. Uh, luckily, she just grazes his cheek. And it all just seem very superfluous and very unnecessary. If I had any critique or any problem I had with it, it was that. Because this character just seemed like her frantically driving around. She doesn't know how to get there. and She's lost. And uh, all these cutaway scenes to her trying to find her way back to their house. It wasn't funny. And it really had no bearing on the story whatsoever. I think it might have been there just to fill some time to get this to come out to at least an hour and 20 minutes. So that was the only bit I really didn't care for. It really didn't seem necessary. It really did feel like it was just that storyline was just there for filler. And I dug the 
did have kind of a not a twist ending, but it very felt very much like a not the old Twilight Zone from the '60s, but like one of the newer versions of the Twilight Zone or Outer Limits when they had some revivals there in the the '90s. Uh, it felt like one of their episodes where Adam comes home, he's talking with Margot, and there's a, a cocktail on the mantle where his record player is and a record that he had skipped that was skipping. Tom said he'd get him a new one, and now the record's not skipping, and Adam starts to freak out, and then you hear a ice clinking in a cocktail glass from... I'm guessing behind Adam and Adam, you know, his eyes get big and cut to black. So Tom and Sasha may be there. Uh, it, it never really, it's implied. It's never really confirmed. Why are they there? Uh, are Adam and Marco uh, being a good enough couple? You know, it, it it's a very much a classic Hitchcockian twist, if you want to call it, or twist like you would see in some of those revivals of the Twilight Zone or Outer Limits from like the 80s or 90s. They were taught a lesson, but did they really learn it? So it was an interesting enough ending. Like I said, uh, you know, they could have uh, done something with a bigger body count, but I, I'm glad they showed the restraint. This was a horror movie, but not your traditional horror movie. Like, uh, like a lot of, you know, horror movies aren't what some would deem horror is not a lot of blood there's not a lot of jump scares there's not a you know big chase scene there's not a lot of screams but there's a lot of horror in this in the way these characters tom and sasha are manipulated adam and marco and it just keeps getting darker and more sinister and you're afraid of where this is going to go it makes you very uncomfortable and very uneasy as to the length with which this is going towards and is it going to a darker place than it actually gets to? You do get a bit of horror in the scene uh, in the house across the street where Tom and Sasha are confronting the old neighbors from when they were kids that did nothing while they were being abused by their parents. There's horror, but it's in a, in a dark psychological way. And like I said, there's a little bit of humor in this as well to kind of break the tension. Duncan Birmingham does a great job of building tension and then releasing the pressure valve and then building the tension back up a little higher and then releasing the pressure valve much like the uh boiler at the overlook hotel and it never really gets to the point where it blows up like at the overlook yeah i hate to tell you but in the book the overlook blows up essentially screw you stanley kubrick but we never get to that boiling point before things are revealed and the pressure is let off again and we get the uh, quasi happy ending that I wasn't expecting. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe that's a good thing. I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I was expecting something. I was expecting a, a bit more of a body count and I didn't get it. And sometimes I like my, you know, I'm not all about expectations always have to be subverted, but sometimes, you know, I like when things turn out uh, in a way that I haven't already figured out. Because at this point, I've already figured out that Tom and Sasha are the twins from the couple who killed themselves in Adam and Margot's house. A lot of people figured that out. So to think you've got the ending figured out and have it not turn out that way uh, was a little more refreshing and I think made the the whole experience a little more interesting. So I enjoyed it. Hopefully you did too. 
Uh, like I said, I, I like the cast. I thought they did a really good job. The script was an interesting enough idea. Could it have gone darker? Could it have gone more in a traditional horror route? Sure, it could have. But I don't think it needed to be to be interesting and to keep you wondering what the hell is going on. What the hell did I just watch? So in that regard, I'm fine with the script. I'm fine with the directing. I thought the directing was really good. And again, like a lot of these Shudder movies, Shudder original movies that have a lot of first-time feature-length directors, I'm interested to see more uh, from Duncan Birmingham as a writer and a, a director. So... You know, that that gives me something to look forward to. And like I said, uh, really dug the cast. And not a very special effects-driven movie, but very much a movie driven by tension and that unease of being unable to say no to people because you're worried about how they're going to perceive you. They're not going to think you're cool. So you just keep going along for the ride until you get to a point where you can't back out without being the asshole. So it it really uh, played on a lot of different things, uh, psychological and social, which which I quite enjoyed that. So hopefully you enjoyed it too. Uh, And hope if you haven't watched it, uh, check it out. Check out who invited them. I think you'll enjoy it as well. Like I said, you know, it may not be everyone's cup of tea and it's not everybody's favorite style of horror. Uh, Some people don't even consider things like this horror. uh, Horror subjective. There are a lot of different things that can be horror other than just blood, guts, monsters, and demons. I want to thank everyone for tuning in listening to my thoughts on who invited them. You can find out more about what's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on our Facebook page. Trailers to movies and series coming out. We've got uh, articles from all over the internet. I had my two cents and my thoughts about uh, whatever... Uh, I happen to be posting about and don't forget to check us out on Instagram as well. And no matter where you listen to this podcast, please follow it, subscribe to it, uh, share it with anyone you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction, and as well, leave a review. Five stars would be awesome, but whatever review you leave, we certainly do appreciate it. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!